Welcome to episode 70 of The Roger Snipes Show. Thank you for tuning in to The Roger Snipes Show. The aim of each episode is to leave you feeling more informed than when you started. You can expect a vast array of subjects from functional medicine to economic developments. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts in different fields to bring you an awesome show. The Rod 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 Roger Snipes Show. Yo, what's going on? What's going on? So, thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, today's podcast is going to be very interesting, and it's it's actually a deep interest of mine, in all fairness. And it's it's about mindset, and it's not directly mindset it's a lot to do with coaching and what it's like to coach a person um and just all things around to do with coaching in all fairness um being coached (laughs) coaching others but a lot of it is to do with mindset Uh, mindset is pretty much linked to everything which is the reason why i talk about it a lot on most of my social media like Every like if I do uh, a, a simple quote which I'll put on Twitter, um, it somehow it's linked to mindset. You know, even if I'm going to be talking about food, then you know, food is going to be affecting the gut, and the gut is like another brain, brain mindset. <laughs> you know, it all all links together. But yeah, so. <clears throat> the person who I'm, I'm interviewing or speaking to is Dr. Mahmoud Mauji. He, I actually met him at a. Where did I meet him at? <laughs> we, you know what? Funny enough, we discussed it on the podcast, so you will actually hear it. But um, I did meet him at. It was some sort of workshop. Um, and yeah, we, 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 we got talking and we exchanged numbers and we kept in contact. You know, it was, it was a great moment to meet other entrepreneurs and other business-minded people, you know, people who have big plans for their life. And yeah, when we got talking, it was really interesting to learn what he was doing. You know, he was coaching and still is coaching um, people how to become better sellers you know teaching them how to close that that's that's one of the things what he told me and i remember at the beginning he goes yeah i i teach people how to close and i was like what like as in get dressed (laughs) well obviously not now dr mahmoud mauji is an international speaker and coach he's shared the stage with some of the world's brightest minds from Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak um, to stars like Michael Douglas and Mel Gibson. Now, after conquering the world of dentistry, Mahmoud soon realized it wasn't working uh, in Harvey Street, owning clinics or pulling in revenue in excess of one million. That was his passion, but his passion was and deep desire was to motivate and create massive, positive, powerful change in others. 
Now, this gift helped him to grow his own coaching and speaking business from zero to six figures within a few months. And in a short space of time, he was taken on a range of clients from startups to billionaires. Now, Mahmood helps entrepreneurs, leaders, and corporate executives become powerful, confident, and profitable communicators and regularly travels between the UK, US, Canada, Dubai, Africa. But uh, I think I've said enough. <laughs> Let's bring on Mahmood Mauji. Where is it I met you? Is it at a, a masterclass or something? It was some some kind of um, like a coaching course or something in London. I think it could, could have been near near one of the airports. I remember I'd done a, there was some kind of coaching thing I'd done. Was that where I met you? I, I'm we like, did. We did. We met at a two-day event in central London. Uh, we right. met at a two-day event in central London and you were sitting on the front row and like you had to take up two seats because of the muscles. Like you had to... <laughs> <laughs> the muscles on one seat and you on the other seat and yeah that's where we were all right yeah. right right um and obviously we've kept in contact and um like during this time you've been really building up your coaching business um to great lengths could you give us an introduction as to who you are and what you do yeah, well, firstly, thanks, you know, thanks for the opportunity to be here. You know, it's uh, e even though we're friends, it's great to be here on on your platform to have a to have a talk and to actually, you know, there's so many people out there right now, and a lot of people are going through tough times. Some people have done really well, uh, you know, really well during COVID. Others have kind of fallen apart, and we've got a great platform here where we can inspire, help, and hopefully motivate people as well. So a little bit about me. I mean, my life's kind of divided into two stories and let me share them with you. Jump in, please, whenever you want. So um, everything kind of kicked off with me in 2016. So I'm a dental surgeon by profession, right? So I'm a dentist. And what happened in 2016, I was leaving uh, one of my practices and I got a call from this lady from the NHS. Her name was Lucy. And what she said to me is that one of the clinics I owed, uh, you know, one of them, which were mine, what happened is we actually lost it. So there was some red tape in the paperwork, some tender process going on, and we actually lost the practice. And that practice to me was worth about 600 grand, right? So that was a lot of money to me at that time. And I just didn't know what to do. And I got home and, you know, my kids were young. It's back in 2016, right? And then I just didn't know what to do. And as the days went on after that, um, you know, things started going downhill. They weren't like, I wasn't depressed, but I just was going into a place where I was totally, totally unhappy. And the one person I always used to go and speak to when things for me got really bad was my father. And when I had a chat with my father and dad said to me, look, Mahmoud, and I said, I explained to him what had happened. He said, look, three very important things. He said, number one, you know, never give up on your goals. Number two, never stop serving people. And he said, number three, that the dots will connect down the line. They said, look, no matter what's happening to you right now, you won't understand why it's happening, but only later on you'll understand why it happened to you. And at that point, I was quite emotional. So I didn't know what to make of it. So I left that day, but my dad gave me a book and it was called, it was called Habits 101. And I read that book and what that book showed me is that there are some people in the world, the uber successful people, the 1% of the 1%. And the way they've got there is they've got a, you know, they've got a discipline. They've got something they do every single day and they love it. And they do it over and over again every single day. 
and normally relates to the health, right? So you'd know this properly. And I said, look, what can I do? Because I've got nothing to lose at the moment, right? So what can I do? So I said, from tomorrow, I was going to start running. So from the next day, I started running every single day, early in the morning between 5 and 6 a.m. And, and it just, what the running allowed me to do is allowed me to cope with what was going on. So it didn't fix it for me, but it kind of gave me a place where I could go and I could just think about what life was all about. So I kind of found my coping mechanism in life. And what I did is I kind of threw out there in the world. I said, you know, God, the world, throw me whatever you want. I can handle it now because I found my coping mechanism. Mm. And I clearly remember this, right, Roger, 2000 and it was, it was the 10th of May, 2016. And it was a Tuesday afternoon and my mom called me and she told me my dad had been taken to hospital. My dad was a speaker. And but since January, he had a bad cough, so he, so he wasn't able to speak. And just a month before we were at the consultants and the consultants said, look, come back in summer. We're just going to run a few tests, but everything should be okay. So I dashed to the hospital, right? My dad's lying there on a hospital bed, oxygen mask on him, but he was okay. And I waited there and the evening came, just me and my dad in the room now. My mom, wife, sister had gone home to get my dad's clothes. And the consultant walks into me and he walks in and I'm like, you know, what's going on? He said, you know, Mahmood, what do you want us to do? And I remember this consultant clearly. Do you know why, right? He looked like he was 194 years old. <laughs> <laughs> looked like Yoda, right? This guy looked like Yoda. He came in just okay, just like Yoda, and he goes to me, Mahmood, what do you want us to do? I'm like, oh. and he goes, come outside. And we went outside and he said to me, you know, Mahmood, I can't explain to you what's happened. I, we haven't got a good reason. Your dad's become very sick. And he said, you know, there's those times in your life when you have your loved ones, your dear ones, your near ones. You know, you've got to call them. This is a time for that. And I'm like, boom, right? This thing hits me. It's like I've come out of my body and I'm looking at me. And I didn't know what to do. And I called my mom, my sister, and my aunt. And I, I explained to everyone that we could be losing the, you know, the rock of our life. And, mm. you know, I went home that day. And all I knew how to cope was through running. So I put my trainers on that night. And I ran, I ran, I ran. And the next few days, it allowed me to focus on my dad rather than me. That's what the running did. And I remember, like, 15th of May. Roger, have you ever woken up in the morning? And, like, you know, you just know something's wrong, but you don't know what it is. Like, just something, right? Have you ever felt like that? Well, I've had a cascade of things that has gone wrong and it's made me question, okay, what's going on here? Okay, That's all. Right, yeah, so I, something was wrong, right? But I never knew what it was. And I went for a run, went to the hospital and the nurse said to me, Mahmood, I'm happy you've come in. Dad hasn't had a good night. I went to see my dad. My dad had a CPAP mask on him so he couldn't speak. It was just really, really fast oxygen blowing on my dad. And my dad said to me, get me a piece of paper and a pen. And I got my dad a piece of paper and a pen and my dad writes on there, you know, this is it, I'm out of here. He goes, it's, it's my time to go and meet God. And I said, no way, right? And my dad said, that's it, time's over. And I said, look, there's so much that we've got to speak about, right? So much I haven't told you. And he goes, no. You know, sometimes we put off things for tomorrow, for tomorrow, for tomorrow. Yeah. And those tomorrows never come, right? And for me, my dad said, look, I'm, I'm out of here at four o'clock. And that day my dad died at six, two hours after he said he would. And when he died, each and every member of my family was holding my dad's hand while he passed from this world to the next. And as the days went on and I looked back on my dad's life, some very important lessons came out of there, which changed my life forever. Number one, that my dad was right, you know, that, that, that the dots connected perfectly. That, you know, if I didn't lose my business, I'd have never found the coping mechanism to deal with my father's death. But the dots connected even further that if my father didn't die, I would have never gone on this journey, right? And the second thing which came out of there is I started looking at what is, you know, and now I looked at that and I thought, you know, at that point in my life, I was, I was in a place where, you know, when my dad passed away, he had no regrets. He was happy to go. And my life was full of regrets. I was in a profession I didn't like. I loved it for the first seven years, but the other seven, I hated it. But I didn't know what else to do. 
like I had a stutter. I wasn't able to speak. I wanted to be able to help, inspire and coach people. Right? I just wanted, like since I was younger, people would come to me as a go-to guy. Like they asked me things and then I would give them answers and fix it. And I loved them. Like, how can I make a profession from that? But I couldn't speak. I, I had a stutter. And doctors always said, Mahmoud, like you can't, if you had a stutter for more than two years, it won't go away. And I believed them, right? We always believe people around us. Sometimes people who say something's impossible. Especially and if they're a professional. <laughs> yes. And that's the day when I said I was going to change my life. That's the day I said, that's it, right? I'm going to get out of what I hate to do. And I'm going to go and build this life for me. But I never, I just didn't know what I was going to do. But that's the day which changed everything. And, so, you know, for some of us who are listening to this right now, there's one moment, one day, one opportunity, right, you get. And that'll change your life forever. But my point is, why do you have to wait until a calamity hits you, right? Until someone dies, or at the doctor, something crazy happens. What if we could change it now? Why do we have to wait until such a bad thing happens in our life? What if we could do it now? So if I can then tell you a bit more. So what happened is I didn't know what to do after that, right? I didn't know where to go, how to start this. And I remember driving down the road and I saw this massive quote by Gandhi. And what Gandhi said is, you will find yourself when you lose yourself in the service of others. I'm like, you know, maybe this is talking to me, right? Maybe this is actually talking to me. I'm like, what does this mean? And I'm like, okay, fine. How can I serve people around me by what I know? Like, what, what am I so good at? I said, you know what I'm good at? Like I can run, right? And I've used running, I've used, I've used my physical fitness to power my mental fitness. And if I can help other people to do this, right? That's what I'd love to do. Nothing about money, just about service. Yeah. So that's, okay, so that's where I started. I started a fitness class and I got 15 people together and I got 15 Asians together for my community center. And people said, you know, Mahmoud, you won't get 15 Asians. They're not interested in health. I said, mate, I don't even want 15, maybe five, right? I said, you know what? Even if I don't get five, as long as I can get one, right? <laughs> because I said, look, yeah, maybe I can't change the world through one person, but what if I could change the world for one person, right? And if I could change one person's life for me, that is enough. So that's how we started. And when we started, I, again, I remember this story by, uh, by Alexander the Great, right? Um, sorry, not Alexander, by King Arthur. And back in the day, right? Roger, just picture this, right? King Arthur sitting in a castle with all of his knights around the table. And he goes to his knights, go and find the Holy Grail. And his knights are like, they didn't know what the Holy Grail was, right? Mm -hmm. King Arthur goes, to go, and he raises us, go and find the Holy Grail. And they're like, what do you mean? King Arthur says, each and every one of you have a holy grail and your holy grail is going to be very different. Yours may be your marriage, it may be your fitness, it may be your mindset, it may be business, it may be your kids, whatever your holy grail is, you need to go and find it. And they go, where do we look? And he goes, go outside and go to the darkest parts of the forest and that's where you'll find your holy grail. What does that mean? It means if you want to find your holy grail, you've got to go to the darkest parts of your life, the things you don't want to do. You do the things you don't want to do and what you don't want to do is what you need to do the most. So I said, like, what do I hate to do? What do I not want to do? What am I scared of? Right? I was scared of speaking, right? Because I used to start up. People used to laugh at me. People used to take the mick out of me at school. So I said, you know, this fitness class I'm starting, what if I give them a pump talk at the beginning? And I started speaking. And I, and I used to spend eight hours on a Sunday putting together an eight-minute talk for, for on eight hours on a Saturday for an eight-minute talk on a Sunday. And I did that every single week for a year. And I started putting on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, people started watching it. They started calling me to their stages to speak. And for me, that's, that, that's where the whole journey started. And I was like, wow, right? And I realized there was something inside of me. I didn't know where I was gonna really go, but it started shaping my life. And I'll let you know in a minute, like how that shaped that even more. But the point was that that was it. And I started going on speaking on other people's stages. And like, you know, I started speaking more and that's how the whole, that's how this all started for me. 
Mm-hmm. But it was just out of the it's out of the craziest times in our life when things happen. It's that's you know that's really interesting. You mentioned how like why do people have to wait for I don't know a calamity to arrive before they decide to take action? But sometimes I do question: Is it possible to do earlier all the time? Like. Sometimes you really need that. It's like, um, you know, people, it's said people either do things uh, to gain pleasure or, or avoid pain. But I think we all know there's more chance you would do stuff to avoid pain than pleasure. 100%. 100%. You know, someone comes to you and says, oh, yeah, you'll gain this, you'll gain this. You're like, eh, I'm okay for now. But if you say to someone, if you don't do this, you're going to experience this, which is uncomfortable. Okay, all right, when do I start? Yeah. So... It, it, do you feel that it's always possible to start something before a painful situation? Do you think we can always drive ourselves without some kind of pain? That's a great question, Roger. That's a great question. Do you know, in 1979, there was a study done called, uh, um, and it was a theory called the prospect theory. And it's exactly what you said, right? That people are driven by two things, either driven by pleasure or pain. But they're, what they're really driven by is the ability to get away from pain rather than go towards pleasure. It seems the same thing, but it's not. It's yeah. like, you know, you'd rather, you know, you, you'd rather pull away from something which is going to give you pain and go towards something which is pleasure. Like, if you wait till those times, you will take action. But what if you could take action before? And can that happen? 100%. And that's why I believe it is so important to have people around you who can find out what you're really here for. If you can find your gift, you can find your passion, you can start building on that. And yeah, I truly do believe that you don't have to wait until mm-hmm. something crazy, like maybe, maybe something smaller, right? Like it doesn't have to be like the worst thing to happen before you take action. Maybe it's a bit of a wake up call. Everyone's gonna have a bit of a wake up call, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you don't have to wait till someone dies or something crazy happens, or you got flipping two weeks to live, you know, that kind of thing, right? You don't need to wait till then. Mm-hmm. My thing is what if you could, find your life in a place of happiness rather than waiting to a massive place of pain before you take action that would be great that yeah, would I'll be, be great yeah. <laughs> so you're now a coach um, i am i am yeah. what so, type of coach so what i do is i work with high net worth individuals who feel they've hit a, a block in life mm-hmm. and what i do is i help them kind of reignite their life i help them grow their business help them increase their sales and mm. one of the biggest things I do is show them how to communicate really, really well. Okay. So for me, the speaking part of it is massive. So what happened? Uh, so I was in LA and I was speaking over there with about 4,000 people there. And I met a coach in the room and there was a coach charging, he was charging a million euros to coach someone. And I was like, how the hell does anyone charge a million euros? Right. Like, what the hell? Like from my, I was charging a very little back then. And it's like, you know, if I could be around this guy who's charging a million, maybe he'll teach me how to do it. So I approached him, I spoke to him, and then I couldn't afford what he asked me to pay him. But he had a he had a group coaching where he'd coach me four times in a year with a group. And he asked me to pay him. For me at that point, it was a crazy amount of money. But I knew that if I didn't, I'd always regret like, what if, what if? And I looked in his eyes and I said, you know, can you promise me you'll make this work? And he said, you know, Mamid, what do you want? I said, look, I wanted this X amount of money within one year through my new business because I was going to leave my profession. And he looked at me in my eyes and he said, yeah, I promised you that I can get you that if you work for it. I'm like, okay, cool. So when my dad passed away, all the money my dad left me, I gave to him. And then he became my coach and I met him four times that year. And 
the first thing he made me realize was my gift. And I remember, right, so I'm in France sitting down and I've got people around me who I never even, I walked into this room, right? And there's a 20 year old guy. And I'm like, how the hell did you afford to be here, right? He goes, man, I sold my highest coaching program last week. I'm thinking the guy's gonna say like a few grand. I said, how much did you charge for it? It was 120K. I'm like, flipping out, 120K, how do you do that? So I walk into this room, right? And I'm, and, and, I'm, and I'm playing this big game now because I'm around all these other people and the coaches bring me to the front and they go, Mahmoud, why are you here? And I said, look, right, at the moment I'm, I'm coaching on health but this is where I want to go, but I have no idea how I'm going to get it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they said, Mamoudla, we've had a look at your feed, your Instagram, your Facebook, and what we've seen is that, you know, you're a great speaker. I go, cool. They go, and you also sell very well. And I'm like, that's cool. Because just a, two weeks before that, I was in New York where I got invited to speak and I closed 1.2 million from the stage within 20 minutes. And he's like, and so that was documented. And he goes, well, and, and so for me, right, like, I believe everyone has a superpower, right? Mm. You, we all have a superpower. But number one, we don't realize that it's actually a superpower. We think it's normal. So my ability to be able to teach people how to speak and my ability to speak, like I think it's normal, but it's not. Your superpowers, the way you can influence, inspire, motivate people, you probably feel that's normal, but it's not. It's a gift. That's your superpower, right? Other people would love to be able to have that. So he goes, he said, how long would it take you to teach someone to speak like you on stage and teach them how to sell? I'm like, come to me for two days and I'll do it. Okay, fine. He goes, how many people can you do in one go? I said, give me two, you know, 10 people for two days and a bit of coaching on the back end. So before you come here, I'll do that. And, uh, and I can do that. He goes, okay, cool. He goes, how much do you want to charge for that? Now, normally I'd have said like, you know, 100, 500 quid, maybe a thousand pounds, right? But I'm playing this big game because I met all these other guys, right? I'm saying I charge 10 grand a person for two days. He goes, okay, cool. And he goes, he turned around in the room, uh, the, the 14, not 20, 14 people in the room. And he goes to them, you know, Who'd like to be, you know, who, who'd like Mahmoud to teach you how to close 1.2 million in 20 minutes? Three people put their hand up straight away and that was it. <laughs> it was like 30K and I'm like, wow, man, seriously? And that's how everything started. So what I started doing is I started coaching people on how to be phenomenal speakers, how to communicate so well. And then I realized that the gift I was giving them wasn't just speaking, but I was giving them a whole new life, a hell of a lot more money in the business and everything. So then I reshaped it around. So, so then we built up a whole platform, right? on how to actually get people to that next level of their life. Business owners to be able to make more sales, to be able to double their turnover, people who want to be able to speak, communicate really well, you know, and then COVID hit, right? Everything went, but then there's a gift in everything. And that allowed me to build up the online platform. Like, you know, we wouldn't be here, I don't think if COVID didn't hit, right? And COVID hit and yeah. then managed to build up everything online. And so being able to, you know, touch hundreds of thousands more people around the world with my online coaching, which I could have never done before because everything was in person. That's kind of a brief summary of what I do right now. That's really amazing. I really like that, man. I really like that. And thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. It, it's it's almost like you don't necessarily of you wouldn't have necessarily needed to have a certain amount of new skills to decide to charge that amount. You just had to make the decision to do it. Like one hundred percent. Do you know what? I'm, this is how much I'm going to charge. <laughs> almost questioning yourself, but you're still going for it anyway, because you know you need to be, uh, you know, like, just just driven with the thought, like no hesitation uh, for it to manifest. That's, that's One of the really biggest cool. things people have an issue with is, you know, what do you, you know, what can you offer the world? Yeah. So my thing is first, let's design what you can offer the world. Let's find your super, let, let's find your gift, your ultimate gift. Let's develop that into a program, okay? And let's go out there and serve the world. 
And people like Mahmoud were like, I, I can't charge 10, 20 grand and things like that. Yeah, I've got programs so much less, but I can't charge 20, 20 grand. I'm like, the only, I'm like, do you know why you haven't sold at 20 grand? And they're like, why? Because you've never asked for it before. I'm like, <laughs> makes sense, right? It's, it's, it's true. The reason you've never closed at 20K is because you've never sold 20K before. And what if I could train you how you can sell at 20K, then you'll be able to sell to it. See, the point that people need to realize is there's no difference between like, you know, Roger, there's no difference really between you and someone else. No difference between me and someone else. Yeah, you're no God, I'm no God. All it is, is we found certain, a methodology to get to where we are. And we can teach that. The reason people are so inspired by you and want to come and be around people like you, right? And myself, hopefully, is because they can see that we can get them to be like us. Right, yeah. we've just created a system. Like you got a system of how you got to where you are right now, and you can teach other people that. For me, I can show people how to change their life, how to sell more, how to make more money, how to start up a business, how to get to six figures very quickly. I can do that, right? but it's a method. It's not. There's no magic. It's just I've done it. Yeah, I've taken it out of my head. You put it down into a method. It's not, and 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 the gift. And now you're like I truly believe that you know when we will die, we're gonna see two movies, and the movie is the life you had, the life you could have had. Right, you know? and, and that journey is to get those as close as possible. Mm. And imagine if you die, right? And you know they say like, "Who was this guy?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, he was a, you know, he was in the Navy SEALs, and he, he jumped out of planes, and he touched millions of people." And you're thinking, "No, no, no, that wasn't me." And they're going, "No, you know, that's what you could have been." Right, right, right? yeah. But you didn't do that because of someone else's opinion, because of what, because you're worried about what someone else would think. And you didn't do that because you thought someone would laugh at your, you know, at your post and this and that. And you didn't do it. And you stayed where you are. You're scared by leaving your job. And that's why you stayed where you are. And I kind of, you know, what, what a life, like, that's it. Life over, right? No one's coming back. Mm. Imagine that's that. interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of people um, just kind of get caught up in the bottleneck of other people's opinions a lot, of, a lot of the time. You know, so many opinions here, there, here, there, here, there. And they don't take time out to actually... First of all, question where those opinions are coming from <laughs> and um, maybe looking to their own self to find out, like, oh, what do you actually want yourself? What are you trying to be? Where are you trying to be? You know, so that's quite fascinating. Let's look into being a coach itself. So obviously you're very successful at what you do. Um, how does a person know when they're ready to be a coach? You'll never know. Right. You'll never know you're ready, right? Mm. And it's going to take one of those moments where you say, do you know what? I'm sick and tired of having the life I have right now and I want to grow. And, mm. I wanna, and, and, and that's it. Cool. Yeah. So you'll never be ready. You'll always have that thing. You know, it's always like that imposter syndrome, right? I'm not ready. I need to do more. I need to finish this. That's always going to be there. Right. And, and do you know what you said about other people's opinions? I love that because, you know, there's this... Um, you know, if you've, they've done studies around people who are about to die, right? And they ask them, you know, what's your biggest regret? And no one regret, yeah. What's your biggest regret, right? Because it's something we can learn from. Like if you could go back, you know, what, what would you do differently? And you know, the biggest regret in life is, is I wish I'd led a life on my terms, a life true to me, a life not governed by others' expectations of me. And it's exactly right. That's what we do. You know, there's a philosopher called Cooley, right? He gives a great quote. He says, I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. He goes, I am what I think you think I am. Yeah. Right? 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, yeah, and so we live our life not based on what we think about us, not what someone else thinks about us, but what we think someone thinks about us. Right? Mm. And based on that, we'll never be ready. Mm. Never be ready. Yeah. But you've got to ask yourself, right, that what are you great at? And there's so many people in the world who'd want to who'd 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 want to learn from someone like you. And then when I'm right now, I don't mean you. I mean the audience. Like yeah. Everyone has a superpower. Everyone has something they're greater. Everyone's been through some sort of challenge, which someone else is going through right now. Maybe it's a divorce, right? Maybe someone's gone through a really crazy divorce, but they got through it. And there's someone else out there who's going through the same thing. What if you could teach them? What if you could help them? What if you could mentor them to be able to get through that? Mm. Maybe it's someone who was, you know, who who had a lot of weight before, and now, you know, they've they're ripped, or now, you know, they're a lot healthier. And there's other people out there who just want to get on that journey as well. What about if you could devise a method to show other people how to do it? Like it's endless. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, okay. So you don't necessarily need to wait for a specific time. Um, cause it's almost like trying to find the right time to have a baby possibly. Um, you know, just, just, just get to it. You know, it's, it's fun making the baby. Just, just have the baby. Um, what about, what actually constitutes a good from a bad coach you know what you know what's 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 required what what would you say all right you need to have these fundamentals in place to be a good coach you know again great question roger right what makes a bad coach oh man i'm um i'll rather construct you know what makes a great coach for me yeah. it's, it's 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 empathy where you can empathize with the person who you're who you're with you can give them confidence to know that you can get them there. But what really makes you great is when you've been on that journey yourself, right? So I always say, you know, your greatest pain becomes your greatest gift. What have you been through? Like for me, I know when I was younger, I couldn't speak. And now I can give the people that gift. For me, that's powerful, right? And it's if I've gone through all of this, then I can easily get you there, right? What have you been through? So I think one of the greatest qualities of a coach is number one, to be able to understand what the other person's going through. That as we spoke before, it's not kind of one, you know, it's just not out of the box, but things are tailor-made towards people, okay? Mm. To actually understand the journey people are going on, yeah? Where, where they look at you and they can say, yeah, I can be like him. And for you to be able to give them the right amount of, you know, love and the right amount of toughness to be able to get results. So it all comes down to the results you can get for people. Mm. And initially you won't know until you try. Mm. that's it you've got to get started so you've got to really have faith in the re results that you're going to give them i remember i was listening to an audiobook about um someone mentioned i can't remember who it was he was saying that some people would prefer to be on an hourly rate than to just work on commission only because they don't have faith in the results that they'll bring and i think that's pretty interesting a lot of people like, you know, they'll, they'll say, okay, this is how much I'll charge you. But if someone had said, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you double what you are requesting if you give me the results, a lot of people will back out from that. That's pretty interesting what you say. <laughs> it is. See, the, um, I, I look at that in two ways, right? That number one, that, you know, for you to be able to get results, you've got to be invested in the system. So a lot of people could say that, you know, I'll pay you if you give me results. But the thing is, right, when someone doesn't pay, they don't pay attention, okay? Uh -huh. 
end of. And so um, like having something at the end where getting them the result can give you more, whatever, that's fine. But a lot of people don't just have that belief that they can do it. But the only way to do that is get started, get some great results. Like if you can just believe in yourself and you can just go out there and do it, it'll break that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Or just break that from both sides, from your side as a coach, because you know you can do it. And then the other person's got reservations because like you're taking them on an amazing journey. But the one thing is, yeah, truthfully, when people don't pay, they don't pay attention. There's loads of free stuff out there, right? They can go yeah. to YouTube content, Instagram, Facebook, right? But, you know, really having someone by your side where someone can really give you those results. Yeah, you're going to need to invest in yourself. Yeah, that's interesting because I know that I've got a lot of friends in my life where I've given them so much powerful advice and they've done nothing about it (laughs) absolutely nothing i'm like people pay good money for this information you don't understand um yeah and then you've got someone who's yeah you do it because you care so much right Mm. and these are people so close to you and it's like but but because they haven't they haven't got anything at stake right because it's so easy not to follow through because it's tough. The next version of you is a different version and it's tough. It's like, do you know a lobster, right? How does a lobster grow? A lobster is a thin mushy animal with a hard outer shell, right? Mm. When it grows, what does it have to do? It has to break that shell off and it flipping hurts like crazy. But that's the only way it can grow, right? And mm. there's this joke out there, right? That if, you know, if lobsters have doctors, they'll just give them a, a Valium and they'll never grow, right? And, and it's the same thing, <laughs> the same thing over here. That, that, you know, when you've got, when you put your hand in your pocket and you've got, and you've invested, you will do everything you can to get results because you don't want to waste that. Mm-hmm. And I always, I also say that the more someone pays, the better results they'll get. Mm-hmm. And that's why for me, the high ticket items, high ticket selling is very important. When I coach businesses, when I coach coaches, my things, I want you to have high ticket items, you know, things between like five and 50, 60, 70 grand, up to hundred, maybe more than that, it's fine. Like that's where I want you to be. I want you to be at the premium end of the market because when you're at the high end of the market, you know, even if COVID and other things like that hit, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be hit by that. But when you're playing down here, well, you know what? I'm, I'm at the cheaper end of the market. All it takes is one guy to undercut you and it's over. Yeah, yeah. But then to play over this level, it takes a different mindset. It also makes me think that if you pay a lot more, yeah, you're most likely going to work hard. But it's it's almost like a, a pain thing as well. It's It could be a painful amount that you're paying. Like, oh, so you're going to take action because it's quite painful. You don't really want to release that money, but you know it's, it's going to be even more painful if you don't do anything. <laughs> so, yeah again for pain and pleasure whereas you know if you only pay the small amount it's like eh, the pain is there is no pain really it's just like a little when i signed up with my coach everything my dad left me i gave that's all i had yeah. and like if i didn't make that work i'd have had to go back to dentistry right and there's no way where i wanted to do that because i hated it i used to sit outside my practice crying at times right because i just didn't want to go in and these are my this was my own clinic but i hated yeah. it so much and it's like you know the pain of going back there couldn't take that right mm. and so i had to make this work whatever the case i, I couldn't lose this money this is all i had i and it's sometimes when your back's against the wall when you burn your bridges you're gonna make it work cool. gonna make it work yeah. um yeah yeah um how does a person know what type of coach they should be 
I mean, there's so many types out there. Someone knows that, do you know, I'm good with people. I, I empathize and um, I'm a good listener and I've had lots of experience from life. I want to be a coach. I don't, don't know. Like, what am I going to coach people? Like, how does a person choose? Great question again, right? Where I say the place where you start is what you can offer the most to the world. And the way you look at that is two things. Number one, look at the most painful thing you've gone through in your life, right? Because previous pain is now something you can use to help out. So what's the most painful thing you've been through? Number one. Number two, what are you great at doing? So for example, you know, what do people come to you? What comes easy to you, which comes hard to other people, right? That's the place to start. And I say your journey is going to be like maybe 10 doors. And most people are trying to open door 10 before they've opened door number one. So for example, say it was fitness, for example, right? And someone's like, okay, fine, but I don't want to be a fitness coach. It's like, but hold on. That's where you found, like, that's where you're greater. Start there, right? Start somewhere there. Maybe it's you're helping with a mindset of bodybuilders, or maybe it's like, maybe you're just start in that area. Find out what you're greater. Do you know what the quote Gandhi said, right? You know, you, lose, you find yourself when you lose yourself in the service of others. What could you help them with, which even if you didn't get paid, you'd be okay doing? And for me, that's what I started doing. When you open door one, it leads to door two, and that way the doors open, okay? But if when I started, I was like, I want to be a business coach, right? And, and I want to be able to help people make more money through sales and grow their businesses uh, and teach them how to be phenomenal communicators, I had no credibility. No one would listen to me. Mm. But what I did have is I had the credibility that I used to run every day and it helped me cope with a loss of 600 grand helped me cost, and, and it helped me get over the loss of my father, right? And rather than crippling myself over those two, it grew me. So I found a way right now that whatever you're going through in your life, yeah, I can, you know, I've got something for you. Whatever you're going through, whether it's marriage, death, whatever, I've, I'll show you a way to cope. Right? I'll show you a way to get through, not just get through, but flipping flourish, right? Mm. So that's what I'm going to show you. And that's, and that's what you do. And you use that as your stepping stone to the next point and to the next point, because it gives you confidence that you can do it. But sometimes you're thinking all the time, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I coach on? No, find out number one, what's the, you know, what comes to you easy? What's your ultimate gift, right? What are you great at doing which other people aren't, right? Second question, what have you been through? Where's, where's the biggest pain source in your life? Maybe it's a marriage breakdown. Maybe like you can coach other people on how to come, come through there. Mm. Right? Start there. Start there and then let the journey. Because the other thing I talk about is one of the biggest things that we need. And I run a lot of programs on storytelling, right? And how important storytelling is. That people don't buy you, they buy your story, right? They buy what you're about. And the way you build up a story is to show people that, look, right, whenever we watch a movie, right, the hero character in the movie, the reason we love the hero is that we can relate ourselves to them. Because it's no godlike figure, right? It's a normal figure, right? Look at, you know, any movie you look at, right? And you look at the person on there and you think, well, I could be like that, yeah? Mm -hmm. And the hero is never a hero on his own. There's mentors, guides, coaches who are able to help him, right? Like, look at Harry Potter, he had a coach. Look at um, Mulan. Like she had a coach, look at James Bond. Like he's got a mentor. Every, every, in every single movie, there's a guide, there's a mentor, there's a sage who comes to help them. Same in our lives as well, right? And so the yeah. thing is that people will buy into your journey. People will buy what you've done. So find something that you've done and use that to be able to help other people. That's the place you start. 
It's powerful. Yeah, that's really good, man. That's really good. The story. So people should sit down and practice thinking about what is their story? And, and, and people probably think about it, but don't really think about it. it yeah, you know, because the, the thing is just them. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just yeah. yeah. So almost be prepared and be in a, uh, a narrator of your story in a sense, you know, just. Find what you're doing, right? Start it and then go back and get a story to, um, to match up. And you'll always find one. You always find your story. You'll, you'll build a great story. Mm. But, don't, but don't do something because someone else is doing it. Do it because you've got credibility. And the way you have credibility is you don't need a piece of paper, right? You don't need a certificate, okay? It's just that you've done it before. You've been through that yourself before or you've helped other people go through it. That's it. Mm. And if you've mm. done that, you have the right to help anyone else. Mm. Okay, that's brilliant. So with, with you being a coach and dealing with others that, possibly need to know about goal setting how what would you say is the best way to set goals for people again great question i'd say look when when we're goal setting one of the things is that a lot of the time we set something and we break it we don't get to that okay and either it's a mass some people such big goals we say no they're never going to hit so they never even try right other people keep goals that hit them very quickly. And then like, we know that when's the last time you hit a goal and like, you're so excited to get there, but then you get there, you think, is this it, right? Really, is this it? Okay, because the journey is the person you become along the way. And so I always say, when you're goal setting, number one, have a massive why, why do you wanna get there? So figure out the what, where do you wanna go, why you wanna go, but never worry about the how. Sometimes we're so concerned about the how that we don't even start. But you're never gonna, <laughs> Yeah, but you're never going to know how to get there because you've never been on the journey before. Yeah. So the coach is there, you know, the mentor there, the guide, the people around you will help you get to the how. Your thing is just the what and the why, right? Yeah. Because the what is important, so you know where you're going and the why is very important for you to be able to take action. And I'd say have some short-term goals and some long-term goals. So I, I, I always say have a goal which is so big that you're never going to get to because it keeps you going every day. Mm. Because look, when you read the lives of people like the astronauts, right? Some of the best known astronauts, what's happened, hit the moon, they come back and then they get depressed and they turn to alcohol and drugs and things like that. And the question is why? Because the answer is, you know, when you've hit the biggest goal in the world to get to the moon, what else is there in life, right? Yeah, what else is there? And so the point is that keep something so big in your life that you're never going to get to. And that should be, but then keep small goals on the way to be able to check in, like maybe weekly goals, daily goals, monthly goals, right? So you know you're going to get there. But set something which is going to excite you. Like, you know, if we talk about fitness, for example, right? If you're like 80K and you say, you know what? I want to get to 70K. That's not exciting, right? (laughs) Maybe being 55K and flipping ripped, right? Now that's exciting, Right. And that has to, because the thing is, initially you'll be fueled by motivation, but that dies away very quickly. Yeah. But then someone like you will get you up every day at 5 a.m. What gets you to eat the stuff which you don't eat every day? What gets you in the gym twice or thrice a day, right? What does it? It's because you've got a big enough. Why? It's exciting mm. enough. Mm. Yeah. When it's not, you fall off. Mm. I think uh, tying lots of little goals together um, has a nice snowball effect as well. Like, yeah, it stacks. It, you- 
Yeah, like, you know, when people say, oh, what motivates you? It's like, well, I don't really need motivation, but if I tie lots of my goals together, if they all tie in with each other, then it's, uh, it's like multiple reasons. And it keeps me uh, driven a bit more towards one goal because it's going to affect all of them. I remember, um, I think I was listening to an audiobook by Grant Cardone, who mentioned that he aims like somebody somebody interviewed him and they said like you know how many people are you trying to reach and he was like um i think at the time he said it was like seven and a half billion people and the person was like that's absurd there's only about that much on the planet right now and he was like yeah exactly that's the reason why i'm going for it he goes i'm not it's not that i believe that i'm going to do it but that is the target and then i know that if i don't reach that then i can reach at least at, to my highest potential yeah. and it reminded me of uh, back in the day when i was doing circuit training i used to go to circuit training every friday about quarter past seven in the evening and there was this lady called allison who set out this beautiful circuit for everybody in the class and every time i felt i was getting fitter and fitter and fitter it was getting harder and harder in every session I was like, we didn't do this many crunches last week. Why is this one harder? Why is this one harder? I'm trying to beat this system. And she's like, well, that's the point. The point is to make it harder for you every time. If I see you find it easier, easier I'm going to raise the bar. 100%. And I was like, I didn't think about that, but I was like, that makes sense. Because like, every time I thought, okay, I got it this week because I've been practicing at home, I come back and I would still fail. I saw it as a failure, but then afterwards I will feel like euphoric. Like that was such a great session. So I think it, it definitely makes sense, you know, keeping the bar so high that. But also, do you know when the bar so high, what that gets you to do, it gets you to up your game, right? It gets you to think, do you know when you were younger, right? You must've played these skipping rope games, right? Two people holding the skipping rope, right? And you jump over the skipping rope and what do they do? They lift it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. A bit more, right? But you can't jump over in the same way because you'll fall, right? So you have to change tactics as you jump, right? And exactly same as what you said, right? Every time when you got there, she raised the bar, yeah? The Roger, who was there last week, couldn't get there anymore. So Roger had to upgrade to Roger version two, version three, version four, right? And that's it. And how, how what a waste would it be if we looked at ourselves a year from now and we thought, you know what? I'm the same Roger. I'm the same Mahmood as was there last year. What a waste. And a lot of us, a lot of us, right? Say nine to five jobs every day, you know, Netflix binges, things like that. And we look the year later and we think, you know what? Why haven't I changed? Well, the flipping reason you haven't changed is because you haven't changed, right? You haven't done anything about it, right? Elon Musk, like, do you know that thing you said about Grant Cardone? I love it. Yeah, that ties into a great, like Elon Musk said, right? He said, what if you could have your 10-year goal and try and achieve it within six months, right? He goes, number one, you'll fail without a doubt. But what will happen is you'll get so much more done in those six months than you ever would. And I love that. Ooh, yeah, that's I that's love cool. that. Yeah, because what if you could put your 10-year goal achieving six months? How much, how busy would you be? How much, how hard would you work for that? And what will happen at the end of the six months? Yeah, you won't hit a 10-year goal. But what will happen is you'll have so much more done it may have taken you two years, three years to do, we packed it in six months. And that's you know, like, you know, that's just a version of what Grant said. I love that. 
love that you know you say that and i know i've heard like different kind of analogies which is like similar around that where they say right imagine you know you've got you've got your goals where you're looking to be imagine if you was told you only had three months to live what would you do yeah. and it's like you know they come up with all these ideas and blah 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 and then and then basically at the end of it uh, and the person says well rather than waiting all these years to go for it go for those things right now you know i think i think it was dissected in small smaller smaller things it's like okay let's take let's change it from three months and let's change it to three weeks okay like what would you do then and and it was like really fine-tuning like okay these are the really important things and then yeah it was like okay this is what you really need to focus on. Like the people who are watching, the people who are listening to us are watching this right now, right? You know, they just need to ask themselves that if they had those three months to live, would they be in the same jobs they are now? Answer is, majority would say no. It's like, if you had three months, what would you do? I'd get out of it. I'd go and help people. I'd take that holiday. I'd do like, like but at the bottom, what, what, what it's about is, you know, bottom of, you want to be able to help as many people as you can. It's, a, it's, it's, it's instinctive within us. We want to serve as many people as we can before we leave this earth, right? Mm-hmm. What coaching allows you to do, what teaching allows you to do, what mentorship allows you to do is allow you to reach those people, right? So right now, whoever's sitting on there thinking, can I do it? Well, you know what? You know, you, you have a moral obligation to go out there and to be able to do it. Because you leave it a year, you'll be a year older. You'll think, I wish I'd done it last year, right? You're not going to be any happier and you won't have got any further. So what about if you just take that leap right now? What's the worst that can happen, right? Something will come of it, right? You never fail, you learn, right? You just learn, you'll find another way, you'll find a way. And if the one thing people take home today is that, go do it, man. Look at how much the world has changed in one year. If a year ago someone had said, every, the whole world would be closed out, yeah? We, we can't leave the country, right? Oh, like high streets would have closed down yeah and like you know the whole world would change like no one would have believed it was like i have a sci-fi movie and here we are sitting in the middle of you know slap bang in the middle of covid and our whole lives have changed and there are some people who flourished yeah some people have right yeah it's Um, like in winter some people who go skiing have a great time other people die of the cold right (laughs) yeah that's true how are you gonna ski how are you gonna make sure that this is your season Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's a, that's a that's a really I like that. How would you make sure that this is your season? Yeah. Um, when working with a client, uh, where does NLP come into it? Should every coach learn about this? You know, just like the way I look at NLP and uh, cognitive behavior therapy and, and all these other all these other areas is it's a tool within toolbox. So like when you're building a house, yeah, you can't just use one tool to build a house, right? There'll be certain tools you need to get the house built. It's same as this. So it's just, it's it's a methodology, which is part of a a lot of other methods which will help you get there. And it's not like I'm gonna go on an NLP course and then I can become a coach. It's not about that. NLPs are just a way to be able to understand, extract information from people and just, just to make you better at what you do, a different way of looking at things, right? Mm. So again, it's a tool within a toolbox as opposed to something on its own, mm. yeah? It's like if you're a football player, right? And then, you know, you learn, you, you learn one skill, right? It's not about that. It's, yeah, you're going to use that as part of the game. You can't use it on its own. You can't. It's just not 
And same as this, right? You can't use it on its own. It's part of everything. So just as you go on this journey, there's going to be lots of things you'll need to learn, right? And they don't all need to be learned at the beginning. Yeah, as you're growing, you learn like we will get better and better over time, right? And you learn different skills along your way. So it's not something you need straight away, but it's something that you'll develop into. Yeah, that sounds cool. That makes sense. Makes sense. What what sort of net worth people are you dealing with when you're coaching? So um, I've been pretty blessed in that way that I've had, you know, like um, a big spectrum of people. So like one of my earliest clients was a billionaire and like I'd never met billionaires before. I got the chance to speak at a business event in Davos where the World Economic Forum's held. And we had a net worth of $35 billion in that room, right? Ooh. And yeah, so I was very blessed to be able to. And, and so they, they invited uh, Tony Robbins, but he wasn't available. And they tried to get Robin Sharma, but they couldn't afford him. So I was kind of third on the list. So that's okay. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I, took, I gave four talks on how health and wellness relates with mindset with regards to business building. And, and, and one of my clients I got from there was a billionaire who lives in Singapore. And, uh, and it was pretty amazing if, if I tell the story. So I got off stage and yeah, it was great. You know, big standing ovation. This guy comes up to me and I never knew he was. And he introduced himself to me. And then I realized that he's this big billionaire from Singapore. And I'm like, in my mind, I thought billionaire would be suited, booted, but this guy wasn't. He had a bit of extra weight, shirt, trousers and trainers, right? Check that out, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, seriously? And, and he, just, he just didn't seem to, like he had that much energy. And he goes to me, Mahmood, I would love you to come and speak at my company in Singapore. So can we bring you out there? And I go, yeah, 100% you can bring me there. That's fine. Let's discuss it. But I said, more importantly, I think you need me more than your company needs me. He's like, what do you mean? And I looked at him and I'm like, you know, on a scale of one to 10 energy wise, you're a billionaire, right? Where are you playing life between one and 10? And like most people would expect 10, nine, eight, the guy goes three. And I'm like, and I go, why? He goes, look, you know, I've made the money, got the family. There's nothing else. I'm not driven anymore. I go, we need to have a coffee. So we sat down and we had this coffee and it's like a beautiful place in Davos, right? In Switzerland, absolutely beautiful, overlooking the mountains, on the mountains. And we're having this coffee and I'm like, I know that everyone's got a trigger point. And if you can get into the pain point of someone, see, because when, when I go through selling, when I teach someone selling, I talk about, it's not selling, but it's serving. That we have a duty to be able to serve the people we're around. And if I didn't work with him, where the hell else would he go? So it's my so I needed to find out what his biggest pain point was, then see if I'm the person who can help him. I knew I was, and then offer him something, right? So I'm like, so, he, so I'm like, look, we need to get you healthy again. Like we, he goes, Mahmoud, I'm not interested in any of that. I'm like, no, 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 no you need to you know. He's like, no, no, Mahmoud, I'm not. Okay, fine. I go, tell me about your life. And he starts talking to me about his life. And then he starts talking to me about horses. And he tells me how he spends half a million pounds a year buying and selling horses because he plays polo. Right. And at that point, like his eyes light up, like his shoulders come up. I'm like, I've got something here. I'm like, okay. So then I go down this road. I'm like, okay, you know, tell me more about this. I'm saying, when's the last time you played? And when he said that, his head went down, shoulders went down. I said, I've got it here. I've got something here. He said, Mahmood, I haven't played for some time. I said, why? He goes, I can only last for half a game. I said, why? Because because my back hurts and I get out of breath. I'm like, cool. I said to him, right, you know, how much would you pay me to get you back on a horse for a full game of polo within six months? Do you know what he said? He said anything. 
<laughs> anything. That, that sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> and that's, he became my first billionaire coaching client. Within four months, he was back on a horse. I had no idea about Polo, but I knew Google did, right? But I knew what he really needed, right? It was mindset training, right? That's what I knew he needed. Mm. Within four months, he beat, he beat cancer. He got back on a horse and he won his next competition. And on top of that, he started up a multi-million euro business in Europe, right? And his relationship with his family was, and the guy looked amazing, right? Incredible. Within four months, right? And I was there. And it was like, okay, cool. And it was like, you know, you have to give people what they want. So you sell people what they want, but then you give them what they need. Like he wanted to be able to sit on a horse for a full game of polo. So mm. that's what I sold him. But really what he needed was his mindset changing, habits, discipline, focus. That's something I give him, right? All of that, right? But if I tried to sell him that before, he wouldn't have bought it. So I found out what he wanted and he wanted to get back on a horse. But I knew I could get him there, right? Mm -hmm. No problem whatsoever. Amazing. And that's the thing, right? So yeah, so I've had clients who are from billionaires, you know, multi-millionaires, big companies, whatever. So yeah, the the range has been there. And, you know, I've been pretty blessed to be able to be around people like that. That's and cool. the one thing when I'm around those people is just to understand what gets them there. That's what's really important for me. Like when I look at you, right? Look how successful you are. And when I look at you, one of the biggest things which you have is discipline, right? Mm -hmm. right? Discipline, discipline, that's so massive. And you learn so much from being around those people. So not only do I give, but I get a lot out of them as well. I, 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 I make myself better yeah yeah I find that when when I'm doing podcasts like this you know I get the opportunity to speak to yeah to people of all different walks of life whether it's uh someone in uh, like a naturopathic practitioner functional medicine doctor dentist or um coach or multi-millionaire whatever like there's always loads of stuff that I'm learning and you know, although it's a, it's a, you know, platform for them to speak to uh, reach a wider audience. For me, I'm getting to learn. I'm growing as well. It's it's incredible. It's a, it's it's a uh, you know reciprocating thing. I was going to say. So it, you got some people that, let's say, for instance, they come to you and they want to be coached and. Um, they they want to better their lives they want to they want to make more money but they have a like a financial ceiling they, they can't seem to get past it you know they're just stuck at a certain amount and they say you know i've, I've done coaching before and you know i've went into another job and but for some reason i just can't seem to get past that mark um what would you say is is the best way to change that in a person? What's going on in in them that is causing them to be there? And how could you change that in them? Again, great question. See, the way I look at it is everyone in life has some sort of thermostat, right? Like in life, you can either have a, you know, it can be a thermostat or a thermometer. A thermometer is where you react, but a thermostat is where you set everything, right? Where you set it. And internally, we all have a thermostat. And we have one for our family life. We have one for our financial life. And so, for example, right, you may have a thermostat, which is set at, someone may have a thermostat at 50 grand, right? 
and what that 50 gram thermostat so, so, so say we change it like say the room you're in right now say you set it to 25 degrees right so whatever happens that room's going to stay at 25 degrees if the doors open and the wind comes in right the wind of your life comes in right everything like crazy is happening around you that room will adjust to 25 degrees then if the temperature in that room goes crazy hot like the radius get, get hot, right? The AC will turn on and it'll bring everything back down to 25. So we have a way of maintaining the life of our, what our thermostat sets for us. Most people financially, they have a thermostat and that thermostat could be 50 grand, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So you've set it 50 grand and you'll find that most people earn just about enough to keep themselves going because that's what the thermostat is. So all of a sudden, if your salary drops from 50 to 40, you, you know, the heaters will kick on of life, right? You'll, you'll go get a side hustle, you do this, whatever you do, you'll find a way to get it back to 50, right? But also the other thing that'll happen, right, is if your thermostat set at 50 and all of a sudden, right, you start earning a lot more, you know, the, the air conditions of your life will turn and you'll find a way to bring it back down to 50. So the idea is to be able to change that thermostat, to be able to get it to 100, 200, right? And that's where everything changes, okay? Because the outside world cannot change our inside world. So when you've set, set that thermostat, and there's various ways to do it, right? Yeah. Various ways to do it. But you earn, so for example, look at uh, lottery winners, right? Their thermostat set to like 25K, <laughs> or less okay. or less and they end up with 50 million and what happens to most of the lottery winners within 10 years they've lost all their money and they say i wish i'd never earned that money why because everything kicks in i've got to find a way to get rid of all this because i've got to get back down to 25 grand right because they're not used to this they want it but the thermostat of life has only set at 25 that's why jim ron right was tony robbins mentor says a great thing right that you know that your that the level of money you have in life right? You know, that will never, ever be able to exceed your level of self-discipline, self-motivation, right? So you need to be able to raise to that level first. So you need to be a millionaire mentally before you can accept a million in your life. You need to be a billionaire mentally before you get that in your life, because if you do get it, otherwise it will go away. Mm. That thermostat of life, really important. So you set that and then there's a strategies. So if someone's, if someone's thermostat's only at 50 grand, you could teach them that teach them anything but i won't listen yeah 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 i mean look at the people you coach for example right there's many people who come to you and said you know what i want to be ripped like you roger like i look at instagram stuff you look flipping amazing right i want that and it's like okay fine right but they don't have a blueprint in life to match up to that so no matter what and it's like roger stuff doesn't work and it does work because you don't work right it's like if you do everything i told you to do you get there but mm. they can't so the thing is well let's get your blueprint sorted out first and then we'll be able to get there. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you do find that there's people who say, yeah, I, you know, I've tried everything. And everything. definitely that thermostat or the blueprint. It's like, okay, you let me have a look everything. at your blueprint. Like, exactly I mean, right. Everything, right? And then you ask, well, what have you tried? Like 100 things? They go, no, like 90 things? No, like like 50 things? No, no, no. Like what about 10? No, no, 10. Like five. It's like, well, you haven't tried everything, have you? Because, because if you had tried everything, right, you'd find a way. Mm. Right? because it's not difficult to get fit is it really it's like mm -hmm. eat well exercise right there's a, like it's not rocket science to earn a million right and if you tried everything you'd have got there so you haven't tried everything you've tried the things you want to try <laughs> yeah 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 they've they've um 
they've hit a few hurdles on the way and, you know, it's hit their shin and they're like, yeah, you know, I think I've had enough, man. I'm trying to jump over these hurdles. I've had enough now. Um, what about people who um, have, may, may have lost their sense of ambition in life? People that really want to achieve something, but um, I don't know, that drive is just, just, they, they've become depleted. They feel like there's nothing left in the tank. They're bored. Yeah, they're bored. You see nine-year-olds who are flipping on fire, mm. right? Why? I've got the flipping energy. It's like when you have a look at a marriage, right? Some people are 90 and they're like so much in love. Others are 20 and they're like, you can't stand each other. Why? It's, it's because your standards, right? The people who are driven, they're passionate about something. They've got a goal. And that goal is more than themselves. Because when all people think about is, you know, I want enough money for this, this, this for me, it, it, it stops very quickly. But when your goal is to be able to not just serve yourself, but serve others. See, I say the biggest gift in life you can have is love something which you're so passionate about and spend each and every moment of your life getting great at that. But something which isn't just going to serve you, but serve others as well, right? Okay. And when yeah. you can be happy with, you know, when you can find happiness in what you do, that is, that is the key. But the key to that comes by when you're not looking at yourself, you're looking at others. But how mm. can I make a difference on this earth? What can I do? How can I leave my mark? And yeah. when you're like that, you can't, you can't get bored. You can't lose a spark. I lost a spark in dentistry. Why? Because I felt anyone could do what I was doing. It was easy. Like, like, yeah. yeah. And I didn't, like, I knew, I knew there was more to me. I didn't know what it was, right? Mm. So I said, look, right, I want to be able to help people find now, find now. So I, I knew I was in that place. I, I, I didn't have anyone to help me, right, really, at that point. And I wish someone could have helped me at that point and say, look, you know, take me through a program, a process, and I'll find you what you're meant to do. But there wasn't anything like that. And I said, I'm going to develop something like that, right, to be able to help others find what they're really designed to do. And not just help them find it, but help them build a business out of it. Not just the business, but help them get to six figures. Because I feel that, you know, that six-figure mark is quite important because it, it makes sure you're stable. Because most new businesses, they'll fall apart within the first few years. But if we can get you to six figures very quickly, that's cool. That's where I want you to be. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Mm. So talking about business, like what would you say is um, the best way to launch an online business? You know, the people maybe working offline um, all their life. <laughs> and that's all they know you know i'm in the people business so i need to see people or <laughs> whatever you know and they're like oh i don't really know about this online thing like how, how do i go about it like uh, the world wide web what's that like, you know so what would you say is the most important strategies to implement to have a successful online business so i think one of the first things which which you need to know and i've on my YouTube channel, I've got this exact video out there, right? So if anyone wants to listen to it, please do. It's the exact steps on how to launch an online business. For me, the most important things on launching an online business, is number one, to understand that this is a place we have to be, especially in a post-COVID world, right? There's going to be a lot less interaction than there used to be before, right? If you're not here right now, you know, you're going to have tough times, right? And for the people who say, well, I've never done it before. Well, you never knew how to drive before, did you? You learned because you had to, right? Same kind of thing. That there are some skill sets which any entrepreneur knows that they have to be advancing themselves all the time. And one of them is to be able to be online. Most people are like, well, you know what? I, you know, 
making Instagram posts is, you know, for 14 years, it's not for me. It's like, no, here's for you, right? Because we've got the means right now to be able to reach people on the other side of the world, which we never had before. We've got four or five live TV channels on our doorstep, right? Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live. We never had these before. And people have paid hundreds and thousands of pounds to have their own TV channel, right? And we've got that for free. So the reach we've got, but also you can say, yeah, but there's a lot more people playing in those arenas. Yes, there is. You, you've just got to be good at what you do, but that comes over time, right? You have, whatever you're doing, bring, you've got to bring it online. And that may be in various ways. Maybe it's through uh, a program. So like what you're teaching people right now. So maybe it's someone out there right now who teaches other companies how to sell, for example, right? Okay, so they go in and they, they do corporate sales. It's fine. Well, you know, whatever you do in person, build it in, like break it down into a method, sit in front of a camera like this and record what you do and, and put that into a course. That company out there, which you know, which normally do the corporate training for, and right now you maybe because I've come across a lot of people who do a lot of corporate training, and right now it's all gone because you can't go into companies anymore. What do they do? Some of them are just sitting on the side, going, "Oh my God, it's all over on furlough," but others are like, "Hold on, what if I can get you guys on Zoom? What if I could teach you on Zoom?" And then what? What I do when I train people on Zoom, like when I'm doing a course on Zoom, I record it, and then my team edits it, it gets put into a course, and then I sell that out there for other people. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's, it's all, you know, other people are able to use it. So I don't feel there's any excuse right now for anyone. Like, chuck me any business. And there's always some, there's always like, just chuck me a business right now. Go on. Let's think how we can make it online. Um, selling flowers. <laughs> <laughs> selling flowers. Have an online florist, right? <laughs> right? Have an online florist, right? Like, great example, right? Sales, teaching, fitness, anything. Everything's got a place online. Uh-huh. Look, at, look at the online place for teaching right now, right? Kids are at home, no schools are open. Right. By the way, when you're listening to this in 2030, we're in COVID right now. <laughs> yeah. It's 2021, right? So no one's at school, right? And look, like, like there are, the, like the online tuition has boomed, mm-hmm. right? And again, it's like there's, there's, there's always an avenue. And I really feel that any business right now has to, has to have an online place. And it may be live, it may be recorded. And I say you should have something live, which is kind of your premium products. And then it should be recorded as well. So when I launched everything online, I've got some bits which are live and some bits which are recorded. And, and the recorded bits allow you to go and watch them whenever you want, but then you come and meet me live for certain things. Awesome. Okay? But what it's meant is a reach like before, I could only reach a certain amount of people because I used to have to travel to that country and I, and I used to go, maybe there's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people in that room, but now there's no limit. And, and you know, 100 people can buy my product overnight. Or thousand people, it doesn't matter anymore. As before, they couldn't. I could only be in one place at a time. Mm. So COVID has really changed everything. Yeah, and as I said, there are some people right now who will ski in winter, and there are others who will freeze to death. And <laughs> I'm just listening to this. I want you to ski. I want you to ski. And there's there's enough out there, right, for you to get started. Just go onto YouTube and type in, you know, how to start an online business. There's so many decent videos out there which will help you get started. Yeah, that's a place to start. And then there's further things, right? Coming to people like you, like, you know, people like me. That's always an option. But there's a place to start. And there's enough out there to get people started. But the other thing is, right, now why doesn't everyone do it? People say, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. It's true. But the thing is, right, people need accountability in life as well. That, you know, if, if, if knowledge was enough, everyone would have six packs and everyone would be millionaires because every YouTube video out there has to be a millionaire, right? And why aren't they? Again, because knowledge isn't enough. 
knowledge coupled with action and accountability, that's what gets people's results. Yeah. Right. So as long as you go and listen, you take action, you have someone to hold you accountable, you win. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense, man. Makes total sense. And, you know, what were you saying about the, uh, all the online streaming that's available as well? That's, yeah, there's it, so much free stuff. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. There's so much free stuff. It's, it's, it's crazy because it's, it's almost like um, back in the day when I first started my whole fitness journey, I, I didn't get much money, pocket money. I used to get uh, a pound a week from my dad. And then at the end of the month, I would buy a magazine. And the magazine would be like my fitness Bible, you know? And from that, that's where I'd be getting all my fitness information. And then the following month, you know, you know, I had a pound. I was like, okay, saving it. Yes. Next week. Cause my dad hardly gave me, I had friends that were getting paid like five, 10 pounds a week from their parents. I was getting a pound and I was buying nothing apart from the magazine. I was like, these magazines are going to change my life. You know, now we've got just an abundance, as you said, like YouTube, all these videos, all these videos. Like, Imagine like, if we had this when we were growing up. Imagine like how life would be different right? Mm, mm, it's true. Mm. There was none of this when we grew up. Yeah. We had to go and get a book. We had to go and get a magazine to learn, right? Mm. None of this. Yeah. Yeah. None of now, this. Now we got all of this. It's like everything. Yeah. But there's, there's too much stuff though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Insane, right? Totally. Totally. Um, what, what would you say about, would you say that there are people that are not coachable? Um, would you say that there, there could be a person that, you know what, I can't work with these type of people? Or do you think there is a way around every single person? One of the questions I ask everyone who I'm gonna ever, like the initial conversation we have when I'm gonna begin to work with them, is two things. Two things I ask them, number one, are you hungry? Okay, are you proper hungry? And number two, are you coachable? And what I mean by coachable is, will you listen to the things I ask you to do? Because, you know, I can give you the best advice in the world, which I will, but if you don't get action upon it, nothing's gonna change. And, and I don't waste my time because time's not coming back. I don't waste your time. And I don't take a penny from you if I'm not going to get you results. Like when you come mm -hmm. into my ecosystem, like your ecosystem, I'm, you know, 100% guarantee that I can get you results. 100% without a doubt. But if you put the work in. So early on, I'll ask them that, right? Are you coachable? And if they are, like, you know, it, you, you don't want to take everyone to your ecosystem. I don't. I'm very selective over the people <clears throat> I want to take in because like, I don't just want to be able to coach people. I want them to add value into the other people in my ecosystem. I want them to be a positive influence in there. I want them to be inspired people. I want to be able to take things from you. I want to be able to learn from you, right? They're the people I want around me, right? So yeah, 100%, there are some people who aren't coachable. It, we can change that if they really wanted to. Mm. And maybe it's going to take that time in their life when they have that death or something like crazy happens. And then they realize, okay, fine. You know what? I need the help. Okay, but yeah, there are some people who are not coachable. Mm -hmm. Do you think that some people might say that they're coachable, but they're not? You find like, that out quick. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I know, found like, yeah, they always turn around when you're speaking to them and they go, yeah, but. Yes. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but shows that they're so. And do you know what? Hands up for me, right? I am so hard. I'm, I, I'm a tough guy to coach. Right. When my when I was coached, 
um, like my coach physically used to hit me. But that was a different type of coaching. He broke my finger, he strangled me, like loads of things. But it was part of what he did to be able to get the stuff I need to get out of my head when it came to money to be able to allow me to grow. So I had a big attachment to money, a big attachment to money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me to be able to then go out and sell at 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 grand, he had to get a lot of crap out of my head. And he physically got that out, right? But I was, I'm a very hard guy to coach. That's why I know, like, you know, that's why I know, like, you know, because I'm so hard to coach and I got through it, right? And that's why I know how to really, you know, get, get to that place and, and then get people to where they need to get to. Yeah, but I'm like one of those people who are hard to coach. Mm. But, but, but I got results. Maybe if I was a bit more coachable, I could have maybe got better results. I don't know, right? the fact that you understood yourself and you understood that you was a difficult person to work with, that probably gives you an advantage. So I wouldn't say "Mm, you might've got better results. I think that gives you the, that added value where you could deal with the more difficult people really. Cause you know, you know where you were and what you needed to overcome it. And then you could apply that to your future. Like, a lot of the clients I have right now, there's no year buts. It's like, <laughs> go do this yeah. and it's done. And it's like, well, and the results they've got, like I can tell you person after person, after, you know, zero to six figures so quickly. Zero, like, like just, just phenomenal results, like zero to 300 grand within, you know, within one or two months, like things like that. Why? Because there's just no pushback. It's like, okay, fine, I'll go do it. But that's the level of trust they have, right? That they know that if I tell them to go and do this, they've seen me do it and they'll get the same results themselves. So like yeah so when you go on that journey the best thing you can do is just say do you know what i just i give everything to you you take care of me and that's it mm, that's it for real yeah it's huge that's, that's a great question man. great question i i remember my first day doing personal training i'd been training for like years years before that time and i thought i can just take what i know and give it to the client and all will be good, easy. Uh, but my first client was a friggin' nightmare. She was one of those, yeah, I've tried that. No, no, that doesn't work. I'm like, <laughs> who's the PT here? <laughs> you know? And she was telling me like everything that worked. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you something. And I, yeah, this works. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're even here. Yeah. You know? And I, I remember- She wants speaking, to coach you. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought I needed to pay her afterwards. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I had to speak to my uh, manager at the time. I said, "Look, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to refund this lady. I, I can't, I can't work with her. Uh, I, maybe I'm not cut out to be a PT, but I just can't work with this woman." And uh, I think my next client after that was so easy to work with. And I don't know whether it was a, a comparison thing, which made it seem so easy <laughs> or whether they were just that easy, but it made me open my eyes to realize that there were certain people or certain type of people that I was willing to work with and certain type, I just wasn't, you know. It comes that, with experience, doesn't it? It comes with experience. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, without being disrespectful to people if they say to me they would like to be coached I will ask them I'll be like yeah let's get on a call and I'll just have a conversation with them and just see how I feel through discussion where I feel it would go if I was to coach them 
and um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll um, give me 48 hours, I'll send you an email or something or whatever. And I'll know like immediately if I'm going to work with them or not really. Mm -hmm. It's just a case of when I'm going to slot them in. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Some people, it's like they, they want something, but it, it's going to be, it will deplete you more You'd have, probably have to charge them way more to deal with the damages which they're going to cause you in trying to coach them. Um, and, and the way I see it is I don't want people to... Uh, it's almost like if I'm giving them my energy and I'm very, I'm very reserved where that energy goes. You know? Some people are like, here. Uh, it's, like, it's not just... It's not just the expertise advice. It's 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 me. It's my soul. I'm giving yeah. to you. Yeah. Don't don't rape my soul, man. And, <laughs> and and that's what our conversation, which we had about. You know, we have plans to do a lot together this year, right? It's yeah. it's it's the fundamental of that is is that you know um, I want to bring into your ecosystem, and I want you to give give into my ecosystem, right? And that energy and that thing where you know you want to be around people who can grow you, right? Mm. Yeah, that is so important because like life's you know. You know, there's only X amount of time, right? And in your close circle, you're not going to let them, there's not going to be a lot of people in and those people who are in, you want them to be the best of people, right? So us working together, why? Because I just see so much passion, energy and driving you, right? And I see how much you could inspire me, right? And for me, that's awesome because they're the kind of people I want in my life. Yeah, you don't want energy suckers, right? You want people who are going to flip and put things in. I want someone who can push me further. I want someone who can hold me accountable. Someone who's in mood, you can do better than that. I'm like flipping, okay, good. Right? They're the people that I want in my life, right? And that's why, you know, like these conversations we've been having, very important. And what we're going to put together this, you know, this coming year for the people who are listening is going to be phenomenal. We're going to give them so much, right? Because, I, because like when I look at you and when I met you on that day, there's just like, you're just driven, man. And you got like, you're heavy on your discipline. You have to be to have a body like that. Yeah. yeah, you have to be, right? And that's one of the places where I feel that I could get better because, you know, I, I feel I could always have better discipline, right? No matter where I am, I can always get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, and the energy which you put into things, phenomenal. And that's why I think that we need to find people, and especially with our clients, right? That there can be a client that they could pay you whatever, but you know what? You just feel like, I wish I'd just never taken them on because they're just flipping sucking out of you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there are others who are like, you know, it's God's gift to work with them because they do everything you say and they're the ones who get the best results and they sing your praise ever. They're the, you know, you want more people like that in your life. Yeah, you almost feel guilty to take their money because it was such a pleasure. Like, wow, it was so good, you know? And you um, great results and they'll always come yeah. back for more. Yeah, yeah. always come back for more. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, Mahmoud, I think... I, I think we could talk for... I think we could do, do another couple of hours. <laughs> quite easily, yeah. seriously. I think quite easily we could... Yes, yes. Look, man, it's been absolutely fantastic, man. You've given a lot of gems there, a lot to sit down and uh, go through. Where, where can people find you? What is your Instagram handle? So Instagram is um, Mahmoud Mauji. So M-A-H-M-O-O-D-M-A-W-J-E-E. Same on YouTube. Best place to get hold of me. Yeah, I've seen some of your great videos on there. Awesome. You've got Thank you very much, man. Massive library. There's so much yeah they're they're easy easy to listen to not complex it breaks things down and it's colorful the way you've edited them very good or your team you. whoever that yeah thank really you. good very and, kind of you brian thanks for the opportunity to come on here right it's always you know it's always so much you know it, it's always a pleasure and an honor to come here and you know 
meet your audience and to be able to hopefully inspire them, hopefully change some lives. And as I said, you know, what we've got planned for the following year, for this year, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we're going to have some great stuff going on. We are. A lot. We're going to have a lot of fun, most importantly. Yeah, I, you know what? That's it. You know, when you can just naturally, when you could be around people that you could be supernatural with and you're like, oh my God, this so much synergy. That's what I feel is going to happen. For sure. Love it, man. Thank you. Wicked. Look, awesome. Mahmood, been an Thank absolute pleasure. Uh, yeah, we'll catch up real soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome. But some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.